Hi everyone and welcome to Chewing the Fat. Just want to let you guys know in advance of the show that we don't go into, into any graphic detail and we try to keep it as clean as possible. Also, I do apologize for the audio quality. Um, it was done over Skype and, you know, my audio stuff is pretty average. But, enjoy. <music> This evening is Steve Lebrasky. Um, Steve is a zoophile and practices bestiality. He's single um, at the moment, but has been in long-term relationships with dogs and horses. He lives near Berlin and is working and is a working member of the Zeta Group. Steve just gave me a little bit of information about it, so I think I'll just like kick off with this stuff. So Zeta is an acronym for Zoophile Engagement for Tolerance and Information in German. And the old Zeta stands for Zoophiles for Ethical Treatment in Animals. Um, so Germany basically decided to go on their own sort of path and kind of tack away from the old Zeta. Just there's a little bit of confusion around that. So, and I'd also like to mention that Zoophilia is commonly defined as a sexual attraction towards animals, while speciality is a practice of performing sexual acts with animals. So Steve, I mentioned in the intro, obviously, that you've been in relationships. Um, it'd be cool to start with asking about your own experiences and then talk about the movement itself. Um, is that cool? That's okay. Okay. Um, so what are your own experiences with zoophilia, when did you begin to feel this way? Yeah, for me, it started all with uh, my dog Bonnie when I was 15, and we had uh, two wonderful years together. Like, how did it feel when you when this whole thing was kicking off? <laughs> yeah, actually, it feels a lot um, like between humans. Um, you flirt, you cuddle, and things develop from there on. Um, the only difference is that animals are more direct. They simply don't do something they, um, that they don't make them feel good. So if an animal likes to cuddle it but doesn't want um, some more, just be okay with cuddling it until it wants something else. So um, how does it make me feel? feel great yeah but there wasn't any i mean i mean i'm just i'll say it like sort of up front but it must have been a little bit confusing for you at some point you know there yeah. was, or did it or was it just a very natural thing for you you know was how did you know did it was it did it create any sort of in, internal conflict in a sense no no um as i was uh, from a normal christian family is so it was of course um, very crazy for me to to suddenly feel the ex, um, that expression from an animal to me and especially from me to the animal but <laughs> love find what it seeks so, okay <laughs> um, <laughs> what are the kind of things that uh, Barney and you would do in terms of like courtship and 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 sort of the first feelings of attraction how did you know that there was something going on there sexually or or more romantically rather than just a normal sort of other relationship with with another sort of pet dog or something um between bonnie and me that was a little bit complicated because um in your first relationship, even with humans, you can't read the other um, partner as easily as the, the ones after that. Right. So, um, we just tested each other. How far can we go? Um, for example, she tested me with, uh, like, flirting to me like she would do to... Um, to a normal male dog. Okay, so you were kind of feeling each other out and going, oh, well, how is this going to go forward and stuff? Yep. And w w can you tell us, without going into any detail, um, 
but can you tell us like how the first um, physical um, stuff happened? Like how, how did that how did that happen? You mean the intercourse? Yeah, the intercourse and that sort of stuff. Like what what happened? Was this? I mean, did you think about it for a long time and then and then do it? Or did you just sort of spur of the moment do it? Um, did Barney instigate it? Did you instigate it? Like, how, how did that thing um, happen? Actually, actually uh, she started it by um, giving me a blowjob. <laughs> Let's be honest with that. Really? Yeah. How did you respond so, to that? I just freaked out. Because, come on, it, it was at that time just an animal licking um licking me and not my partner right okay so um yeah we started the whole partnership after that you guys obviously got more and more physical and more and more emotionally connected yeah totally and and how long did the um relationship last for um sadly only two years because um she um, got cancer and had sadly put to sleep and that's still very hard for me. Right. Um, and this was the family dog? Um, yes, actually it was more my dog than the, uh, the family one because um, both of my parents worked all day. Right. And did your family know about this stuff happening? <laughs> no. No. Do they know about it now? Um, actually, my family is the only ones that I didn't out it to. Why is that? Because my um, my father died when I was twenty, okay. and um, my mother. Um, she even has problems with homosexuality, so uh, I don't believe that she would simply accept me as a, yeah. So she's obviously quite conservative. Yeah. And so, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. What, what other, like, who, who else knows about this stuff? Did your friends know about your relationship with Barney at the time? Um, at the time, they, excuse me, um... Only two of my friends know that. Yeah. And um, right now, all of my friends know it. Some just ignore it, some respect it. Yeah. Um, so um, you've never run into much conflict around um, this stuff with your friends and, and family now? Like, is, you know, has it been pretty plain sailing or, or have you found it difficult at times? Um, it is difficult to simply open the minds of uh, of some friends toward it because um, we all are trained to to um, our laws and fundamentals in morals and ethics that um, even homosexuality is unlawful. So. Um, Simply switching the minds of um, of humans so that they can uh, believe that an animal is not just um, something you to eat or um, something you you have as a pet, but as a partner, even a sexuality partner. So um, that's quite hard. Yeah, I imagine it's pretty difficult. We'll come back to that stuff in a little bit. I just want to keep asking you um, about your own experiences because I quite I find it really fascinating. Um, but you've stated that you've had long term relationships with dogs and horses. Why these? Yeah. Why these animals in particular? Ooh, um, that is a hard one actually because um, I don't um, understand it myself. It's um, simply like having an affection towards women, men, or special ethnical races. 
for me to choose my partner it's like um how she reacts on a daily basis and she liked me as a friend and so on so it's more on um, um so in a sense it might be because dogs and horses are probably i mean they're they're social animals in a sense and they can show the kind of affection that you require out of a partner would that be fair to say yeah that would be fair but um but let's be honest if for for an example um a cow would uh show me the same affections and i would like her in the same way why not have an relationship to a cow sheep or whatever it simply depends on uh, how you react on each other. The challenge feels right. And what are the sort of physical component to this? Like, there needs to like interspecies stuff. Obviously, has its own physical sort of limitations. Um, yeah. The physical component to this is obviously quite an important one. Of course. Um, I know, for example, some zoophiles who don't have sex at all with their partners. For example, um, be it that the partner is simply too old, or um, like you um, say, to um, safety reasons. For example, I know um, a guy that has a relationship to, um, to a tiger or to a rat. These things happen? Yes. So they they have um, an emotional relationship to an animal. <laughs> they don't go in the cage and fuck the fucking tiger. <laughs> okay, well, it's pretty interesting, eh? Um, so you've had, how many relationships have you had, and, and like, what sort of what's what's started them, what's kicked them off, what's ended them? Can you just like give us a, a quick summary of your own experiences and and the different partners that you've had? And um, what's, yeah, what's, like, how they've all come to be? Is it? I had, um, let me think, um, three or four relationships with dogs, mostly females, uh, one time a male. Um, and one long time relationship with a male. Um, several uh, short ones, like a dozen or so. So you've had loads of relationships? Yeah, that's, that's simply because animals um, don't have the closer um, bonds to uh, towards you, like monogamy. Is... Um, for example, horses change the, uh, the textual parts more often, more frequently. Right. What is, is monogamy a thing? Do you act in these relationships? Do you act, um, you know, do you only have these partners or do you, is that, is that a thing that you're concerned with? Um, from my personal point on, I'm monogamous uh, to my partners, but I still have the problem that my partner uh, doesn't understand the concept of uh, monogamy. So, would I be angry if my partner um, simply um, has sex with another animal? Yeah. No, simply not. Because... Why um, not? Of course I would be jealous. Yeah. So you have the same, uh, there's the same sort of emotional attachment and the ideas of monogamy, at least in your own mind, obviously not yeah. with the partner that you have. But what other sort of things have you sort of encountered um, in your relationships with these partners that um, they haven't realized? What are the difficulties that have you encountered being in a relationship with animals, basically? hardest one would be um, to to hide yourself right yeah because um, if you have in 
sexual relationship with a horse. Sadly, here I can't have my own herd. So I have to put my horse um, somewhere uh, with other horses and I can't go um, to my horse and have sexual intercourse with her even if she is more than me. So um, one has simply to, um, to limit its own need and the need of its partner based sadly on, um, on the surroundings. Right, so there's sort of uh, environmental, well, sort of a practicality, like difficulties. Yeah. Have you ever felt like, so now that you've been with a few um, partners, uh, knowing that the relationship probably won't last as long as a normal relationship, do you feel conflict around that or is it just something that you accept? Animals don't live as long as humans. It's sadly normal, but um, the feelings to each other, at least from uh, from the human part to the animal, isn't different. So um, we have, we I mean the sofas in general have the problem to live um, live on with with all the feelings, all the emotions, all the memories to our partners. That can be hard, very hard. But it's something you have to accept. Yeah, you have to accept that uh, that the animals die someday. Well, that kind of—I've got a question written down here. But what, what ends are, like? Is it a general way of ending it? Like, is it them ending the relationship? Is it you ending the relationship? How does that whole stuff work? You know, do they just sort of like? I guess it's obviously different from from animal to animal, from partner to partner, but is there a general breaking up scenario that's happened to you over the course of your stuff? Yeah, some, sometimes um, the, the female horses or mess um, simply don't want you anymore. What can you do? Of course, you can go and uh, fight it out with, um, with the stallion and lion. But I wouldn't um, recommend that to deal with face to face with a stallion. Right. At least if you at least if you don't want to have a hoof in your face. Have you ever encountered that, like physical, a physical, like negative physicality from from a partner, from an animal? Um. From from my partner, actually, not. Um. Sometimes uh, they stand on your foot, so um, uh, on your foot, and so on. But simply have to deal with that. Yeah, right. And what about how do you begin these relationships? Yeah, you you simply flirt. Okay. Uh, flirting with an animal but starts. It, yeah, sorry. Starts with, starts with physical contact. For example, grooming, um, cuddling, and so on. From there on, you uh, simply watch and learn different um, body movements and um, how how uh, simply um, the animal reacts towards. Um, like, for example, if a dog likes something, its tails go um, from side to side. That's easy, but um, learning the road body language of a horse, it's completely different and even um, different from the, the type of a horse to another. So you're always having to readjust and understand these animals. Exactly. And you have to be quite attuned because, to them. Because uh, every animal is different. Of course. Um, have you, so during this courtship period, have you had many animals that just are not interested? True. Is it like, is it more often than not that they're not interested or is it probably more often that they are interested during this courtship period? 
it's more often that they are not interested. Right. And can you put that down to anything? Is it just like, is, is it just like they're just not interested and like you don't really know why or? Um, of course, you are sad for some moments, but um, you have simply to deal with it. Because um, for me, I can't force an animal to do something that's, uh, that I don't like. Right. And have you, have you, so with regards to like your friends and stuff, like we'll just sort of touch on that a little bit, but what are the, like, have you ever shown affection in public? Has the public and, you know, like, they all respond in a way which is like, you know, all good or, you know, is there... So, do some people, when people found out that like, oh, I don't want to be friends with you anymore, or how did that thing, you know? <laughs> that that sounds for me like um, like I'm standing on um, on the street and um, looking after any dog or so. Nope, that that's not what I do. What of course, I find uh, I find some um, dogs attractive, but I don't stare at them all the time. No, 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 but like if you, if say you're in a relationship with a partner, with an animal, yep. and you're w taking the dog for a walk, you know, mm -hmm. um, do, would you show affection in the same way that a, a, a couple, a, a, a human couple would in, in a park? Or would, do you just sort of leave it and then sort of and pretend like it's just your pet in public, I mean? Um, that, that really um, depends on um, on the partner. Yeah. Because um, I know some um, some zoophiles who uh, kiss their, their partners in private, um, in private and only in, um, and also in public. But uh, for me, I treat her in public like she was my pet. Okay. Even even if I don't want to, because uh, for once, see, um, my partner outside was very very shy because she uh, she came from a very bad former owner. Right. And and how do you how do you do the courtship thing? Because I I wrote down here as well. One of the things that I'd like. You know, a little bit. I'm quite curious about is, do you do you own these animals? How do you see ownership of these animals? Do you go out and buy them from the pet store? Do you you know you just said that there was a former owner? How do you, like how does in your mind, how do you see ownership of these animals or not ownership of these animals? Yeah, at first ownership um, sounds like they were my slaves and so on. So, they are more my partners, even, even if I don't have um, a sexual relationship with them. Um, my last dog that I had, I took uh, from a shelter, actually. From a where, sorry? Hmm? From a where? Uh, from a shelter. Oh, from a shelter? From an animal welfare uh, shelter. Oh, okay. So the the idea of ownership and and that whole thing doesn't really into into your into your mind. Uh, certainly not, but uh, you you can't put um, a dog in the wild and uh, just take it home. Yeah, of course. That that that's uh, that certainly doesn't work that way. Right, and without going into too much detail, can you sort of tell us? Um, us about your sexual experiences with dogs and that um, was it yeah as I say was is it conflicting like you're quite happy with you know like are there any difficulties that come with that difficulties I wouldn't say that there was any dif uh, difficulties so it's it's just um, normal, not like like a relationship with a normal human being. 
yeah, you, you can't talk uh, to uh, to an animal like to an human, but um, there are enough human couples who don't talk to each other. So, um, see, difficult, yeah. No, actually not. And just so, do you have relationships with humans as well? Yeah. So you go, you, you don't really, it's not, it's not a thing, you don't really show prejudice in that regard. Um, no, I'm, I consider myself as um, not being fixed on, um, on a special species. So a human can be uh, my partner as well as a dog. And what or if, a horse. do your do your your human partners do they know about the zoophilia? Um, the last two actually does. And how do they respond to that? Um, as I'm bisexual, my former girlfriend um was very um upset when I thought um about it while she was um, in the present, but um, she respected it. She doesn't, uh, didn't want to know anything about it. But um, my boyfriend actually was um, also into it. What? Did, did, did you know about this before, like, before you guys met? Did you know that he was, <laughs> like... Nope. No. He um he just outed to me as I outed to him. Really? Yes. That's amazing. Was that like how did? Is it common? <laughs> nope. So no, we um it just happens. It was totally more or less an accident. That's quite amazing. It's I mean it, it must be like very coincidental, you know. Good luck. Yeah. So, um, you're all of your partners and stuff. It doesn't really matter what they sort of, or what you're sort of into. It's just the affection that you find. Just to just to sum up this part of it. Uh, what again? Sure. So uh, you like you don't you don't really have a preference when it comes to species or gender. No. That is interesting. Um, at this point, I'm just going to put a little plug in. Um, listeners, if you have any questions, write them down or feedback, write them down. This is, a, this is an absolutely fascinating interview. Thanks again, Steve. But what, I'm just going to move on a little bit um, to, to some of the ethics surrounding it and some of the work that you do with Zeta. And if I have any more questions around your personal stuff, I'll, I might just like, throw them out there. But um, So I've, I have read and I've been told um, that zoophilia and bestiality have been around and, and a part of human society for as long as we've been human, for a very long time. Um, Steve, do you know a little bit about the history of zoophilia? And can, you, can you give us some insight? Sure. Um, as I translate and collect um, several studies about um, zoophilia and bestiality, um, based on my knowledge, the oldest picture of uh, human-animal intercourse um, are cave paintings from the Bronze, uh, Bronze Age in Sweden. They they banned it on a re, um, on a regular basis, but at the same time they use them um, for uh, for uh, for um, for regularity um, thing. Right. Um, in their religion. Right. Okay. So that based so so zoophilia has been around for a long time. Has there been uniform condemnation of zoophilia and bestiality, or have different societies and cultures have a different approach to it? Um. For what I know. Um, in the more eastern world, the old Mesopotamia and so on, it was uh, pretty 
um, quick band, but in the mono uh, monotheistic world, for example, um, the old Greece and Rome and so on, yeah. they even was brothels in um, in Pompeii that can be proven back to um, some writings on the walls and so on, with even um, ads on the wall in Pompeii, yeah. um, where they named the brothels after the species that you can have intersource there. So it, it does change quite a bit from sort of place to place. Yep. Why do you think that zoophilian bestiality, even though it's been around for such a long time, is not accepted, at least um, in Europe and in New Zealand and the West generally and probably most parts of the world? Why do you think that it's so taboo? I think we have here um, some religiously and logical problems. Um, for example, we have a very long history of laws and morals based on religious texts, and we are trained for that. For example, to find um, non-heterosexual relationships unlawful was trained to uh, due to morals and laws and um, even religious text a very long time into our brains. Right. So, um, while the human, uh, the homosexuals got the human thinking beyond ganders, we still have the problems of different species. So you, it's, you think it's a learnt, it's a learnt behaviour um, around our sort of reaction towards bestiality rather than a physical, um, biological element? Yep. For example, um, there are um, scientifically evidence that um, the humans as we are now are actually a mixed race between two species. The um, Homo sapiens yeah. and the Homo neanderthalensis, Neanderthal. Yeah. So okay. we are all um, a product of um, interspecies sexuality. In much the same way that um, homosexuality and different gender, gender identities, these sorts of things are becoming accepted more accepted at least from what they were previously do you believe that um zoophilia and bestiality at some point will become more ex like uh, more accepted as well do you think it's going to head in the same direction i don't know actually because um we fight at the moment um problems of moving backwards in our moral and law standards. You mean the law? Yep. For example, um, we had to fight um, a law here in Germany that um, wants to ban Sophia on a more moral um, code that um, that the former Animal Welfare Act. Right. So, but, so we have the law doing its thing though, but society more widely can sometimes, sometimes accept these things. I mean, for example, in New Zealand, and it was only in the late, mid to late eighties where homosexual, um, it was illegal to be homosexual, but previous to that, you know, it was okay to do it. Um, what's to sort of be homosexual or whatever? Um, do you think that like um, zoophilia, zoophiles might, even though the law might be saying one thing, do you think at some point um, the society might be l sort of open enough to be able to accept it? I hope so. Do you think sure. that? Do you think that it's heading that direction, or do you think that people are becoming more conservative, or more people and people just or Sorry, that people just don't care 
and they their prejudice takes over and then you know like ha- do you see what I mean? Uh, sorry, you came not uh, not clear here. Sorry. Okay, that's cool. Uh, so, like, it, how do I rephrase this one? Um, no, fuck it. We'll just move on to the next one. So, <laughs> in keeping <laughs> sorry, with, Infinite. no, that's okay. That's okay. We can just edit out all this stuff that we don't like. That's cool. Um, so, I've spoken to a few friends about Zeta, and there's been a lot of different responses. Uh, <clears throat> some have been overwhelmingly negative. Some have been, I just don't want to ignore that. Some have been curiosity. But overwhelmingly, as I said, it's it's been quite negative. Why do you think that people have such a strong reaction to zoophilia and bestiality? Let's be honest. Most people think that a zoophile is a crazy farmer who fucks, uh, who fucks a sheep and horse whenever he is pleased to do so. Yeah. The reality and um, that there can be a relationship without force between animals and humans is simply not imaginable for many. Yeah, but why, um, why, why do you think that reaction is so strong, though? I mean, people, are, people get really riled up by it. Why do you think that is? Yeah, because we have learned to put animals into um, subcategories. The ones we eat and the ones um, who are um, who serve us as obedient beings, also known as pets. Yeah. So... That's interesting. The, um, the ones that aren't meat for us or um, or pets. Um, the humans transfer their, their interests and um, and so on in them. We have the problems to, um, for example, um, that most humans think that a dog only is in, as intelligent as a four-year-old child. And therefore, humans think that um, as the dog is a four-year-old child, it's not um, capable of having um, of having a sexuality. Yeah. But it's an adult. Wow, that's that's pretty crazy. Are you a are you a vegetarian or a vegan? Um, at the moment, yes. I'm a, I'm a vegetarian. Right. Is it to do with uh, an ethical reason behind it? Um, actually, I want um, a vegetarian a month ago, but I talked um, to an ethnic uh, teacher, a local one here, and he opened up my mind to a more... Um, when others thinking about um, how we treat animals. What did he say? Or she? Or they? Um, he, um, he was in the utilitarian mindset. So um, he simply put it that way that um, everything you do with an animal be it like um, have it as a pet in prison sometimes at your home, um, be it like uh, you have sex with it, be it that you want to eat it, etc. Put that on one side of a scale yeah, and put um, your needs on the other side. Um, sorry, uh, put... The, um, the pain, the suffering, and so on, on one side, and put um, that what the animal wants on the other side, and wait, um, and wait it, and only if that it's um, equal, it's okay. Right. So and basically, that, sorry, can't. And that uh, for. Um, 
every single aspect in a human-animal um, relationship and not limited to, uh, to the relationship at all, but um, how we treat animals. And how well, do you... uh, for example, yeah. putting an animal in a cage that it's suffering uh, its whole life until um, that someone slaughtered it, it's not equal to, uh, to your need to, um, to get your tummy stuffed. <laughs> right. So basically we um, unnecessarily um, give a lot of animals pain and suffering for our own needs. And it's not yeah. worth it, basically. And how does this... Do, do you ever feel like sort of ethical conflict around animals? Because for a lot of people being a zoophile or um it you know like there could be conflict in that like you could be taking advantage of an animal or using it for your own um gain it's since i didn't force my partner to do something with me i wouldn't say i use it yeah or even force it in a way it just do what it wants to do with me so um more or less i'm uh, his tool to um to feel good you are the tool to the animal more or less yes okay but you know if you if an animal which has a limited sort of cognitive and psychological capacity um and you come along and um you know in a sense manipulate an animal's capacity uh sort of psychologically or whatever um do you ever feel as though you could be taking advantage of an animal of course you could but um that doesn't make it right so don't do it. So you don't feel as though you're ever doing that? No. Okay. But how would you respond though? Like if, if I were to say, or if, so, because I had a conversation with a friend of mine about this interview and it was really fascinating because one of the things, one of the things that was brought up was, well, this person might be, um, taking advantage of this animal for its own means, for its own gains. And like, it's like sort of, you know, we have uh, laws surrounding protecting children from things like sex and all these sort of things because they're of a limited capacity to be able to make these decisions. Do you feel as though you ever take advantage of that? As a, you know, just rephrasing it. Yeah, at first, um, we have to understand what an animal wants. An animal wants not only to re reproduce, but to have fun. Fun is um, something that animals want every time and every thinking that they want. Be it like um, sleep, eat, or have sex. And um, by filling these needs, um, you, you can't do uh, something wrong, in my opinion. But you have to, um, to see if that really a wanting of the animal. For example, um, some says that if a dog harms your leg, that uh, this is a part of a dominating thing. But that doesn't need uh, to be that way. Okay. He, she, it, um, can, um, can be sexual frustrated, but how to, um, to, to, um, different from that, that's really hard, even for sophiles, but you can't, uh, just, um, test it. So how do you do that, Lo? How do you, how do you... Oh, fuck, this is, it's, it's quite, I have to sort of re, you know, it's quite hard to get my head around this whole stuff. 
Um, okay. Um, it's it's really hard, even for sofas. Um, you are um, all the time in a relationship between humans and animals on a test level. Right. So, um, to say that she wants something from you, that is um, something you just have to figure out over months and even years. Okay. So there is a feeling out process. Um, what again? There is a feeling out process with this animal. I mean, I guess it just takes time to understand the animal, right? Yeah. Probably longer, and, longer and, than... And, the, and it's even um, the same way, um, the other way around. The animal learns how, um, how to manipulate you. For, um, for example, the, um, the horse well, I was in relationship for quite some time. She um, learned how to um, how to manipulate me to have sex with her. Right. What did that look like? <laughs> um. She started like flirting with me like I was a real stallion, tail lifting, um, turning around, and so on. Um. But she also simply pushes backwards um, me into the next wall. Till my body was pressed on um, on her wall back. Right. I, um, you must think about it. A horse is um, an animal that um, normally flees when something... Um, happens to it that it doesn't want. So it just sort they, of... They simply run away. And by doing the exact opposite, that's really clear that they want something from you. Okay, so it doesn't matter the fact that they have limited capacity to think about these sort of things. If they show you Consistently, consistently over time, this physical action, then you sort of take that as a sign that they're interested physically um, yep. with you. Yep. Okay. This is insane. I'm probably going to write down a whole bunch of questions and be like, oh my God, I fucking didn't answer, <laughs> ask Steve this. Because there's so many questions. But we're kind of running out of time. So I just want to ask you really quickly about the Zeta movement itself. Is that cool? It's okay. So, the, one of the core principles of Zeta is advocating for zoophilia. What um, kind of progress has been made um, with with Zeta? As I told you before, um, we had a, um, a law started um, some sometimes um, around I think two thousand thirteen. And we fought um, and we tried to accomplish a lawsuit at the federal court, and we did so. Um, we fought the law against Ophelia, and while the lawsuit itself was not accepted by the court, the court precisely usage of the law and ruled that Ophelia not to be punishable if there was no force involved towards the animal. So, simply put it, we won. So you guys basically advocated that zoophilia should be allowed. We advertised that um, the law, the new, um, the new addition to um, to the Animal Welfare Act, um, simply wasn't meant for us. <laughs> and um, the um, the federal court give us, uh, gave us right because in the law um, they wrote that someone has to force the animal to um, to have intercourse with you, and if they are 
isn't um, any force involved. Right. And okay, that's that's really interesting. So you guys have done like quite a bit of that's quite heavy lifting in terms of like going up against the courts and stuff, going to court. Yeah. Um. Sadly, in Germany, we have um, we have our federal court called Bundesverfassungsgericht here. Yeah. Um, and we can even sue um, our own government. And you if, guys, um, if we if we can prove that um, that a law is against our um, our um, let me sing what that is in English. Um, our highest um, laws, the, the Grundgesetz in, in German. Okay. Um, then you can go to court so against them. We have, um, we can go on court against an anti um, the court must um, wait uh, the new law against these and if um, if the law fails they simply have to rewrite it and so you guys did this with zoophilia as they didn't, yeah as they, um, didn't want to rewrite it they um they simply changed uh, the way someone has to use it right Right, so it's now it's, it's not punishable, basically. Exactly, and um, by doing so, if someone uses um, uses force against an animal, which um, involves pain and so on and so on, um, someone can go even um, with a harder punishment than they would uh, for the, the new law edition. Okay. Because you know, uh, the new law edition only um, was uh, was with um, let me sing um, twenty five thousand euros max. Yeah, right. No, um, no imprisonment or so on. But um, if someone harms an animal. That actually um, caused imprisonment. So it's quite quite severe punishment. Yep. Okay, that's interesting. So I, I wanted to ask you, um, like, how many people are in the Zeta movement or in the German Zeta, and maybe abroad if you know that as well. At the moment, we have um, eight. Five members in Germany. In Germany, because um, Cedar is only limited to Germany at the moment. Right, and just really quickly, just deviating a little bit, but like, how common do you think zoophilia is? Um, <laughs> if I um, were right, Kinsey had a study in the sixties the late 60s, that 3% of the American population, the world American population, is, um, has a tendency to zoophilia. Wow. So that's quite high. That's quite high. <laughs> but if you think about it, just if you were around 1% in Germany, that would mean around 800,000 people. Yeah. That's, so and there's... not to mention the US or, um, or New Zealand or yeah. Australia or so on. Okay, so there's a lot of... It's basically quite common, but nobody talks about it, right? Exactly. Because um, for once, um, we have the, um, the punishment in a lot of countries against it. And secondly, um, most people think... Uh, that someone that talks about um, having a relationship with an animal is simply crazy. Yeah, it's a social element, eh? That makes people not want to talk yeah. about it. 
Yeah, that's really interesting, eh? So, is your is there more? Are you getting more membership in Zeta Germany, or are you getting less membership? What's that looking like? Um, at the moment, it's an up and down on the membership um, rates because, um, yeah, at the moment we won, so we don't have the need to put more action into it. Right. Um, at the moment, we are starting to um, to get involvement with um, more scientists and so on. For okay. example, um, we want to um, to have a study to show if there um, if there is um, a long time evidence that. Um, Every animal um, change in their behavior when in a relationship with a zoophile. Right. And you can't do that um, because, for once, um, we don't have enough um, members. Yeah, zoophiles. Yeah. <laughs> for, uh, for once, you need um, to have a scientific group. We have um, to have around three to four hundred individuals with pets. Right. So there's, there's um, no, yeah. And secondly, we have to have scientists that are interested in the topic. For example, um, some years ago, let me think it must be in the late 90s, um, Dr. Hani Miletsky was one of the, um, of the first ones that um, had done um, a recent scientific um, study on the topic on Sophilia in the, in the broad um, old perceptors and she didn't couldn't find a single um, paper that it, um, that was from the, um, the late 60s or even before that right so there's just not much information on it no, but, but nobody no. wants to come forward i guess as well right that why we came forward right because um we um we found it either as more um, more or less an anchor point for uh, for the world community and especially for scientists to simply talk to zoophiles right like this conversation right now exactly awesome that's what we do so, are you, have you ever been the target? Has Zeta ever been the target of attacks, harassment, any of these sort of things? And how do you? Yes. Yeah. How do you respond? Uh, what 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 did that look like? Um, we had um, sadly members being visited illegally, um, illegally by um, by several demonstrations, especially um, our. Um, Former chairman was visited um, by a rerouted demonstration and uh, threatened by uh, right wing groups. Right wing groups. Right wing groups. Do you have any problems with things like? Is it Peter? Um. Actually, yes, we have um, anti-Sophilia groups here in Germany. We have Peter, we have um, other animal welfare organizations, but especially with Peter and animal welfare organizations, as yeah. soon as, um, as you talk to them on a, log uh, a logical level, they um, didn't want to, uh, to treat us as freaks, more um, they want to understand us. Of course, they um, they still think that we are uh, crazy, um, crazy <laughs> people and don't want to have anything to do with us. Yeah, but there's more understanding once they sit down and listen to you guys, or once you have a conversation. Yeah, they want some conversations. They um, still fall us, but they don't go and throw stones at us. Yeah, okay. Even, even um. Even on a um, on a 
kind of speed uh, level they they don't throw mean words at us. The other um, side on that coin are the anti-sulfide groups, mostly um, due to the fact that there are a lot of right-wing people in there. And so, they really throw a lot of crap on us. What kind of things? And for example, um, they put us in the same um, side as horse rippers, um, guys that um, cut off sheep heads and throw them in, um, in political welfare and so on. Wow. It's... It's a lot of crap that happens, and uh, especially with animals. Every animal um, that is harmed on the planet. For example, we had um, an article on um, on a blog of a former member where we um, put every treatment on um on text for example we had um the claims that um that especially um special anim um animal a dog uh was fucked so hard in the air that his ass uh, pops out which we claim simply wrong because that animal was not um in germany it was from Brazil. It was um, sadly um, beaten nearly to death by locals. And nothing involved with sex, nothing involved with so Right. But they simply don't want to hear it. It's right. Because I, I imagine there's a lot of um, irrational hatred. When it comes to zoophilia and bestiality, yep, sadly yes. And um, I had a discussion on Facebook with uh, one of the anti-sofile um, groups, and they simply went off <laughs> and said the following sentence to me: "What interests me in science?" As I um, I simply put online um, links to the uh, scientific papers that uh, that shows that zoophilia can be um, taken as normal, rather normal um, sexual thing like um, homosexuality. Right. So, um, so, yeah, sorry, carry on. So they just put it, uh, what interests me in science, that, uh, <sighs> that scientists must be a zoophile itself and so on and so on. And so on. It's just don't want to hear. Yeah, I imagine there's a lot of people who just absolutely just don't want to listen. Yep. So... Um, just to wrap the show up, because we've run out of time, um, where are some places that listeners might be able to get some more information on this topic? Yeah, um, at first we have uh, one of the biggest source collection on the topic on our webpage, zetaverein.de. Um, Zeta, sorry, can you say that one more time, sorry? Zeta... Zeta minus um, Verein. Okay. We'll put the we'll put the links on the on the page. It's cool. Yeah. Okay. And um, I would guess as a starter um, with the books "Bestiality and Zoophilia" by Dr. Andrea Bitz and "Understanding Bestiality and Zoophilia" by Dr. Hani Mileski, since these two are the fundamental works for uh, new scientific investigations. Hey, Steve. Thank you so much for your time. Um, this well, it's it's morning here in New Zealand. It's evening in Germany, but thank you so much for your time and it's been really fascinating. Um, listeners at home, please send us your feedback and your questions and stuff because, yeah, I mean, no one talks about this, this, this subject. It is so taboo 
but it's you know been really enlightening for me and I'm sure the listeners at home as well so yeah thank you again Steve you're very welcome Mike